When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is mindfulness? What do your neuron pathways have to do with it? And how can you practice mindfulness in your everyday routine? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. the final weeks of Lent, a season where we take a moment to reflect, be still, and connect with others and our faith, I thought it would be beneficial to explore the art of mindfulness. Now, mindfulness encompasses two main ideals, awareness and acceptance, providing us with the opportunity to realign our focus and our ability to be present. So how can we become more mindful? That's the grand question. And how can mindfulness combat stress? And what adjustments can we all make to live a more mindful life? Well, here to talk me through all of this and more is one of the brilliant minds behind the creation of power yoga, Brian Kest. And Brian joins me now. Brian, namaste. Hey, namaste. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for asking and thanks for having me here. Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming on. I can't wait to talk about mindfulness because that's something I think a lot of us can use in today's world. So let's just start with uh, what is just the scientific definition of mindfulness? Well, you know, it's basically being present, right? It's being present. So you're having a full experience of whatever you're experiencing as opposed to Um, your mind drifting into its normal thought patterns. Um, I can't remember the exact um, percentage in one study I read. It was a Harvard study. And um, my mind definitely wants to say something like in the 80%, like of um, over 80% of the thoughts that we have are the same thoughts we have every single day. Um, It's almost like we're kind of stuck in this habitual mentality. And every time you have a thought, you know, it pulls your mind away from the experience in your life that you're having. So you're basically missing your life. Um, And mindfulness is coming back to the experience you're having because the experience you have in your life is actually how you learn and grow. You know, you, you learn and grow from, from the things that you, that you go through and, you know, you could call the experience, the teacher. And um, most of us are missing the teachings because we're busy thinking about other stuff. And maybe that's why they say history always repeats itself, you know, because, uh, you know, none of us are paying attention to the teacher. We keep making the same mistakes over and over again. So that's a big gist of it. You know, there's so many benefits to it. Um, You know, we can talk about if you'd like. Yeah, Um, I would love to. Before we before we get into the benefits, um, I just want to ask a quick follow up. I actually read that present moments only last between three to four seconds on average, which is which is crazy because, you know, I think I I try to practice uh, being present and mindfulness and things like that. But how do we combat that? Because that's a scary number. 
Well, you know, it's the that might be on average, right? Because nobody's working on it, so nobody's good at it. But you can look at, um, you can look at it like put it this way: whenever you pay attention to something, right, you are completely present. You know, before your mind drifts into a thought pattern. Whenever you pay attention to something, so you could say being present is also a, a, a kind of a muscle called focus and concentration. And most people don't work on developing that. So, you know, the average might be that short period of time that you mentioned, but you can get better at it. You, those four or five seconds can become 10 or 15 seconds and eventually 20 and 30 seconds and eventually, four, you know, 40 to a minute and, and so on and so forth. It's, it's like building any muscle. I mean, mm-hmm. if you work on it, you actually improve, but you know, I mean, listen, they, they taught us math, history, and science, you know, in school, but they never taught us, you know, the largest factor in our well-being is the place where our mind dwells. So, you know, it's just not something you hear about outside of, you could say, the yoga, meditation, mindfulness communities. Um, it's definitely not a mainstream thing. Well, you say that uh, <laughs> the experience uh, is the teacher, and sometimes we just don't pay attention to the experience. I guess we just didn't pay attention. <laughs> That's something that we all need to work on. You said that we can get better at it, but how do you get better at it? How do you increase that three to four seconds to 10 to 15 to 20 well, that's, that is basically meditation. I mean, it, it is twofold, you know, I mean, you're getting better at it because you're working on it. In other words, you're trying to keep your attention, your focus on a particular point, right? Whatever it is. And it could be anything that's happening in the moment. Um, so you're paying attention to what's happening in the moment. Let's say you're paying attention to your breath. You could be walking and being paying attention to your feet, you know, touching the ground as you walk. Now, the, the issue becomes this, right? Like you're, let's say you're walking and you're trying to pay attention to your feet, touch the ground. You know, what happens is, is, is that people get really bored, right? They're like, <laughs> wait, you want me to feel my feet touching the ground? My thoughts are so much more interesting, <laughs> you know, but you want me to feel that. But you have to understand that, you know, if, if Harvard University is right in this Um, this huge amount of time we spend thinking about the same things every day, you could easily say that the largest addiction of our life is the place where our mind dwells. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows it's very difficult to break addictions. I mean, you have to get sick before you get better, right? It's called withdrawal symptoms. So you could imagine the ferocity of trying to break the largest addiction of your life, you know, the place where your minds become accustomed to dwelling. And whenever you try to, whenever you experience withdrawal symptoms, um, you know, boredom, anxiety, fidgetiness, antsiness, these are all natural withdrawal symptoms, right? So yeah, of course you're going to get bored and you're going to have a lot of internal resistance to doing this because, you know, those are the withdrawal symptoms. You're literally dealing with the largest addiction of your life. Um, But eventually, the longer you can stay focused on whatever it is, whether it's your feet touching the ground when when you're walking, whether it's your breath, whether whatever you're focusing on, what happens is your mind gets quieter and quieter and quieter, you know, and in that quietness. Um, you start hearing things you never heard before because you've never been quiet enough to hear it, mm. right? That quiet place becomes incredibly noisy because you start tuning into subtleties 
that you couldn't tune into before because, you know, you were too, you know, your brain was too busy thinking about stuff. So this is something you develop. It's like focus is a muscle. It's like, you know, if you're laying in bed, uh, you know, you broke your leg and you're laying there and every muscle gets atrophied, you know, and then you get back your legs better and you start building your muscles back. You know, it's the same with focus. It's the exact same thing. Absolutely. And you say that it's it's a habit, it's an addiction to kind of, you know, stay in these thoughts where we dwell. But if we change our, our mindset to now maybe making mindfulness an addiction... <laughs> that's a good addiction to have because you're you're kind of addicted to being present. You know, uh, Brian, I remember being in college and I had this roommate who was really in tune with herself and she would meditate. And I, I remember being, I was an athlete. And so I was like, oh, I don't know if I really need to meditate. This was a long time ago. I've definitely changed my tune. I love meditating. But she would sit on her pillow and she's like, why don't you just do it with me once? I remember sitting on my pillow and she did it for 30 minutes and I lasted for about two and a half minutes. And I was like, there is no way I can do this for 30 minutes. So what do you tell people who are just starting out with mindfulness? What's the first step to practicing that? Well, I think, you know, you were on the right track. I think the issue is, is, is that, you know, you, you we need to get rid of the expectations of um, being able to do it for any certain amount of time. You know, like I said earlier, it, this is a muscle that you build. So that, that two and a half minutes is great. You can build upon that. You know, you don't you're not going to compare with someone who meditates all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm I, I'm almost positive that, you know, she had similar difficulty to you when she first started. Mm hmm. Definitely. So then what what do you suggest doing um, to start? Like I'm talking, do people you mentioned focusing on your feet when you walk or your breath work? How what if you could give someone a plan just to start out, what would that be? You know, my suggestion would be and and what we do in class, we do two different things. Um, One thing is is we focus on the natural breath and we just allow, we place the attention on our breath. Like, you know, as the breath moves in and out of your nostrils, it grazes against the inner rings of your nostrils. And in the beginning, you know, when you try to get quiet, sit there and, and feel the touch of the breath as it grazes across the inner rings of your nostrils, um, you know, it's very difficult. The, the touch of the breath is very subtle and your mind is very gross. But it's almost like you're sharpening your focus, you're sharpening your awareness until eventually you can literally feel the touch of the breath as it grazes across the inner rings of your nostrils. And whether you're doing starting doing it for 30 seconds or a minute and eventually that increases, um, then you can start building that level of quietness because, listen, every moment that your mind is quiet, which is a natural byproduct of paying attention to anything. Right. It's like, you know, you know, it's like it's almost like this. It's like, I don't know if you've ever had this experience. I'm sure your audience has, you know, it's like, you know, you're talking to somebody and you notice that their eyeballs are drifting away and they're looking at something else. And you just want to slap them and you say, hey, I'm talking to you. Will you pay attention to me? (laughs) Right. That's the the way most people. This is the way most people spend their life. It's like they're getting all these experiences, but they're not paying attention to the experience because their mind is drifting into these thought patterns. So the more you can keep your mind focused on something, right, the, the longer period of time your mind gets quiet. 
right now that quietness opens up all this amazing stuff. So, you know, listen, right now we're being told it depends on the study that you read, but we're being told like 90 to 95% of all physical disease is coming from mental stress, right? If you, if you're interested in wellness, if you're interested in health, right? Knowing what we know now, it would be irresponsible of you not to address this stuff. Like, you know, there's no health benefit to developing a bicep bigger than your head so you can crush people with your bare hands, you know? There's no health benefit to getting your figure to fit some image that's been jammed down your throat by a society that's more interested in you buying their products than being well. You know, there's no health benefit to being able to touch your head to your legs, like this hyperflexibility. You know, so it's almost like what people are doing for wellness is like completely misguided. Mm -hmm. It's like what we need to be doing is strengthening our ability to keep our mind quiet, right? To have this mindful experience. Um, But again, it's, you know, in order for this to happen, we would need to be more dominated by our wisdom than our vanity. And there's no place in our society that's kind of supports this mentality. Now, I'm sorry for talking so much, but just one more thing, um, because I told you there's two techniques. One was paying attention to the breath, but another one, which might be a little easier, although it still can be difficult, is I like to, we have a meditation called the meditation of gratitude, right? I mean, it's kind of biblical, right? Because even in our scriptures, it says, count thy blessings, Right. And um, the meditation of gratitude is about focusing your mind on all the things in your life that you're grateful for. And in doing that, right, you're pulling your mind away from all these stress producing mentalities, whether it's sad thoughts or angry thoughts or fearful thoughts or regretful thoughts or judgmental thoughts or critical thoughts or competitive thoughts, what have it. So now you're placing your mind in in this place of gratitude, right? I am grateful for my mom. I am grateful for my dad. I am grateful for my fingers and toes. You know, what are my closets full of clothes, my cupboards full of food. Like you go through these reasons that you have to be grateful. And during this time period, right, you are not indulging in these malevolent or stress producing thought patterns, right? So those patterns naturally get weaker because the universal law says if you give it food, it becomes strong. And if you don't, it starves and dies. So it's almost like you're killing the malevolent mind states and you're strengthening the benevolent mind states because the more you indulge in gratitude, you actually develop a muscle called gratitude. I mean, the psychologists call them neuron pathways, but it's the same thing. A neuron pathway can atrophy or it can expand depending on your emphasis in it. And most people are emphasizing malevolent or stress producing mind states. They walk around rolling in their angry thoughts or fearful thoughts or sad thoughts or regretful and and, and not even knowing it, they're strengthening the things that are hurting them the most. Right. My mom always says what you water is what you water grows and that goes for the good and the bad. And it's exactly to your point. Yeah. And these neuron pathways that you're talking about, I'm so fascinated in those because it's exactly what um, like they tell athletes. It takes what, like 15 to 18 times of repeating something 
something for it to become a habit because you're actually training your brain and you're rewiring those neuron pathways to do something different. I mean, just because we have a brain doesn't mean we're stuck with the one we have. We can strengthen it in certain ways because, as you say, it is a muscle. And then back onto the other point that you made about, uh, you know, the your mental health really dictating your physical health. It's exactly, um, you know, how they say worrying can or you can worry yourself sick and people get ulcers because of what's going on in your mind. You're getting an ulcer because you're literally worrying yourself sick. So if we train our brain to do something different, um, that is something that we can really do and, and to make ourselves feel better. No doubt about it. I mean, this, it's a good time to, you know, I mean, you know, this whole COVID things going around and a lot of, a lot of this COVID stuff is about, you know, they're like, does this work? Does this work? And you're like, well, this works. And they say, did it, did it pass the double blind, you know, placebo test or whatever. And, you know, the reason they have these things is because, um, you know, what they're finding is, is, is that, you know, a lot of people get better when you give them the placebo because they think they took the real thing. That's how powerful your mind is. All right. We've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. Is there a difference, Brian, between mindfulness and meditation? No, because that's the object. Meditation is the action to develop mindfulness. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, I'm actually curious. Is there any way, and I don't know how this will sound on this podcast, but is there any way you can try to lead me through a mindfulness activity that people can maybe follow along as they listen? Yeah. I mean, we can, let's, why don't we do something kind of sweet? We can do the meditation of gratitude. Love it. Okay. So, okay. So, you know, this is what I recommend for those of you out there that are going to join us. And let's just take a couple minutes here because I don't know how much time you have. You can actually, you know, stop when stop us whenever you want, you know, because, uh, you know, this can go on and on. It's just mm-hmm. up to the amount of time that you have. Like, the, you know, this is another nice thing about it, which is kind of rare. Um, but in this particular case, the more, the better, you know, usually, it, you know, the more you have is something that, you know, it, it ends up getting too much, but it's hard to get too much of, of gratitude. Mm-hmm. So Amen. stop me when you want, but I recommend that everybody find a comfortable seated position and it, 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 the position that you're in doesn't matter other than the fact that you're seated and you're comfortable because if you end up laying on your back, a lot of times what happens is you fall asleep you know, because those <laughs> withdrawal symptoms, just, they just shut you down. You know, I mean, I actually do this every night laying down because I do it like on my way to sleep. Right. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm laying there, you know, in that middle state between uh, sleep and awake. And I try to do this. And when I um, go to bed at night, I try to do this for a few minutes every morning, every night besides seated meditation. So, I recommend seated, any comfortable position. It doesn't have to be cross-legged if it doesn't work. You just want a seated position where you can sit tall because everybody knows that's the healthiest way to sit. You know, mama was right when she said, you know, sit up straight. <laughs> Moms are always right. right. But but don't, yeah, it seems like mom has been right a lot. Huh? Yes, <laughs> she's a smart woman. But don't, don't confuse sitting straight with any tension in your shoulders. Make sure your shoulders are relaxed. And then I always suggest closing your eyes because when you close your eyes, basically what you're doing is you're eradicating 
um, any visual distractions, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, if your eyes are open, you can see things. If it's a yoga class, you know, you can see other people and, um, you know, it can be distracting. Um, you know, I remember once I was sitting behind someone who had a tattoo and, you know, uh, I saw, I couldn't, I was trying to make out what the tattoo was behind this person's neck. And it took me like five minutes. What was, what was the tattoo? I finally figured it out. It was a devil. Oh gosh. Right? We don't want and, that. And, but, but check this out. No, check this out. I, I, rem I saw, I finally figured out it was a devil. And when I saw that it was a devil, it reminded me of this movie that I saw a long time ago, starring Robert De Niro's a movie called angel heart. Right. And it was with Robert De Niro and Mickey Rourke. And when I remembered that movie, then I remembered it was starring Mickey Rourke. And then I remembered I had just saw Mickey Rourke at the farmer's market the other day. <laughs> and then when I was thinking of farmer's market, I started trying to remember all the things that my wife wanted me to stop by and bring home after class. Right. So here I am. Here I am in the middle of meditation and I'm shopping all because I looked at someone's tattoo. Yeah, it's your mind can definitely wander. And that's the important thing. Uh, I'm sure is what you're trying to say is mindfulness, because we have to be able to bring our mind back to the present moment. And that guy's tattoo of the devil took you too far out of the I present mean, I'm, moment. I'm in the I'm now now I'm shopping. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just because I had I saw that tattoo. So, you know, if anybody's curious, you know, that's why you close your eyes, you know, mm, um, mm -hmm. you know, I remember once I was in a yoga class and I was teaching that and there was a born again Christian in the class and they said, I can't close my eyes because that's when the devil slips in. And I said, listen, dude, do it with your eyes open. That's fine. We're just, just don't sit behind the guy with the devil tattoo. <laughs> exactly. That, that, that's a double negative that don't, yes, we don't want that. Um, okay. Well, I actually, I have one final question. If you could just, um, tell our listeners why it's important to be mindful. What would you say? I would say it's important to be mindful because it's, it's like sucking the juice out of every moment of your life, mm. right? Because you're actually totally indulged in the experience you're having. Again, most of the time our minds are drifting. Listen, would, would you not agree that the greatest miracle that there could ever be is the fact that you're alive and most people are missing the miracle because they're too busy thinking about other stuff. And according to Harvard, all the stuff they're thinking about is the same stuff they think about every <laughs> single day. It's like, and so they already know it. It's like they live in this habitual redundancy. And meanwhile, they're missing their life. So right. anyways, do you want to do the meditation or are we running out of time? Um, yeah, why not? We could finish, finish up if people want to stay on and just go through the meditation. Sure. Well, I just wanted you guys to sit tall with your soft shoulders and closed eyes. That's it. Your breath is normal, right? And all you have to do now is to start remembering one by one, just some of the trillions of different reasons you have to be grateful. But right in front of each and every reason, I want you to repeat the words, I am grateful for. And then just fill in the blank. You know, you could, maybe some of you see this big picture of your mother in your mind and these tears of gratitude start dripping down your cheeks as you remember this amazing woman and all that she gave you. You know, maybe you, you see a picture of your father or your siblings or the friends that you've been blessed to share this journey with. It can be anything. 
Um, like I said, the closet's full of clothes, the cupboard's full of food, the places you cherish, the possessions you cherish. Just for a couple minutes, you know, go through some of the trillions of reasons you have to be grateful. And I know trillions is an understatement, but it's the biggest number I know. Um, that's all. Give yourself a minute or two. And if you notice your mind drifting, because you said it yourself, like only in a few seconds and your mind's drifting away, then just try to notice as soon as possible when your mind is drifting away from this work and just pull your mind back. And pretty soon those four seconds become 10 seconds mm-hmm. and the 10 seconds become 30 seconds, so on and so forth. How about we give it two minutes? Great. I want your audience to remember if the mind is drifting, just come back. You can repeat the same thing over and over again. How about just one last minute? Last 30 seconds, if you're drifting, just pull your mind back. I mean, that was a very, very simple, short Uh, little meditation. Wow, I feel better already. Hey, I want to tell your listeners, you know, um, one day I was teaching that and um, someone came up to me after class and they gave me a book. They said, have you seen this? And I said, no. And it's actually from a a PhD of of sociology at at, uh, California University at Davis. And it's a professor named Robert Emens. And he literally did um, studies with this meditation and the results were so mind-blowingly positive that he actually wrote a book called Thanks. So Mm. I want to recommend that to any of your listeners. It's a book from Robert Eamons called Thanks. You can get it on Amazon. And it just, you know, it, it, it will give motivation to give this stuff a try because these people in the study, you know, they're, 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 they're literally the fabric of their life shifted as they started doing this. Um, their, their moods became more pleasant. Um, their health became more optimized. Um, their relationships improved because uh, of, they, of their mind being in a benevolent place as mm. opposed to a malevolent place. I love that. Yeah. And, and if I could add on to uh, your recommendations, I, I read this book my mom gave me called The Precious Present, and it's all about being present. So that's a good one to read as well. And I, by the way, Brian, I looked in the control room and everyone in there was doing this meditation. Guys, do you feel better? They gave, they gave me the thumbs up. They feel better too. So this has benefited everyone. And um, if, if we're on the theme of I am grateful, I'm grateful for you coming on this podcast and spending your time with us. It truly was a pleasure. And thank you for everything that you uh, brought to the table. We appreciate it. Awesome. I really appreciate it. And thank you for having me. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours. And here are some top takeaways about mindfulness. Number one, Brian pointed out that where your mind has become accustomed to dwelling is a habit. Boredom is a withdrawal symptom. But the mind is a muscle. And the longer you can practice, the quieter your mind becomes. And in that quiet, you start hearing things you couldn't tune into before. Number two. There are many ways you can practice mindfulness throughout the day without having to take a moment to sit and focus. You could be walking and just be paying attention to your feet touching the ground. You can be concentrating on your breath 
anything really that will bring you back to the present moment. And number three, Brian suggests practicing a meditation of gratitude. Try focusing on things that are good in your life. I am grateful for my mom, my dad, my fingers and toes, my health, my breath. Go through the reasons you have to be grateful. That way, you're not indulging in stress, but instead you're strengthening the positivity. Your neuron pathways can atrophy or expand based on your emphasis you put on it. So practice being grateful. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.